Open your Bibles with me. Let's see. Two. Psalm 21. 21st Psalm. Now, uh, Jeff Blackford pointed out that, you know, we had that rally, the election integrity rally, Tuesday night, and many of you were there, and that was a three-hour meeting. So he was expecting that this morning. Y'all don't love Jesus at all, I can tell. Um, Man, what an event. Those of you that were there, it was incredible, and uh, I had the opportunity to close it out. And let me tell you something. I have never, I mentioned this at the Salina meeting yesterday, day before. Um, I I don't think it's a spiritual thing. I think it's more of a temperament thing. I've never really been tempted to compromise doctrine. That's that's not a temptation that I have. There's other temptations. Um, You know, I, I almost went into male modeling. You know, that was my... The things I've given up for the Lord. Hey, there's a short, fat, you know, catalog somewhere that needs somebody to pose. Um, I've, I've never really been. That was so dumb. I've, I've, I've never really been tempted to compromise until last Tuesday. It was interesting. Standing in front of a Jewish political candidate to give the gospel clearly. Um, and I know, like here or just about any other meeting, it just comes so naturally after all these years to flow into the gospel. It's what we do, amen? In that setting, it was difficult. And I, I, obviously I, I did, and I'm thankful that I did. But after I was done, um, first of all, I expect you all to give me standing ovation today, like happened there. But after I was done, I was concerned about how Josh Mandel, the Jewish man, would would react to it, and because I was pretty bold about it, I think I said something like, um, "Our ultimate hope is not in this Jewish man; it's in another Jewish man, Jesus Christ." And um, and his death, burial, and resurrection. Well, a day or two later, he called me and put his father on speaker to tell me how much they loved it, how much they enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm praying that that door will stay open for him to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. And really, the person that, that God has raised up more than any in that area uh, of, of presenting the gospel to these people in our state is Dan Wolven. And I was on a pastor's call uh, Thursday with preachers from all over the state and Josh Mandel, and he had Dan run that. And so Dan's able to give the gospel and pray for him. And he's, he's through guys like Dan. And so Dan is in charge of that for him. And somehow it seems like all of the churches that he's recommending are independent Baptist churches. Imagine that. And so what's happening is all of us are the same. All of us who have a heartbeat for religious liberty, we love the Word of God, we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection, and the significance of the New Testament church, all of our friends, none of us 
let me, let me say it in a, in, a, in a better way, grammatically. Each of us will give him the gospel. And he'll hear it over and over and over again. And so sometimes people will say, with all of the craziness that's going on, why are you involved in politics so that we can give the gospel? So that we can have an influence on them, whether they hear it, whether they believe it, we're still there speaking the truth, speaking the truth, speaking the truth. So really pray for Dan, Dan Wolven. He's the head of Awake America, Ohio. He has a network of over 300 pastors that he's working with. And man, Dan's having an effect. He is having an effect. So praise the Lord for that. He's why I was able to do that the other night. So thank you for being there and praying for it. But don't stop praying. Our country is a mess. And so this morning, my message is what to do when you're overwhelmed. What to do when you're overwhelmed. I thought for this Labor Day, you know, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You come here, and you have your friends, you get to hear the Word of God, but then you go back out into the workplace, and they're requiring vaccines, or all this political conversations, all this stuff that's going on, friends and loved ones around the country and around the world who are being oppressed. And, and it, it can become overwhelming, and we can get to where we have such a negative outlook on the world. And so uh, I, I want us to go through the Scriptures and talk about that today, um, but the first thing that I want to, to say is this. We are, we're not done. I, I think of that passage often where Mordecai said to Esther that, and this is a paraphrase of it, that, you know, whether you participate in this or not, God's going to deliver us. Right? But it could be that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I believe God's going to do what God's going to do. Y'all agree with that? And yet, in our system, God has called us to take a stand and represent Christ. And yet, how can we do that when all we are is angry? How many of you think there really ought to be a difference between us and other people involved in these political conversations who don't know Jesus. How many of you think there really ought to be a difference in us? And so this morning I want us to look at some scripture and talk about this topic. What to do when you're overwhelmed. Because, listen, Grace Baptist Church cannot overcome the political cabal that's trying to remove our liberties. We can't overcome that. But we are supposed to stand in it. That's our job. And so let's look at this. What to do when you are overwhelmed. Actually, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, help us as we study your word. Lord, I know that there are people in this room that are discouraged, that whether it's from the, the political situation, the medical situation, they have job situations, they have family situations, health situations. Lord, we know that there's all kinds of things going on. And yet you have given us hope. So, Father, I pray, I pray that we'll find that from your word, that encouragement from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Well, the first thing is remember the truth about who God is. Has God changed? That was lame. Now, I know some of it's just Shelby County. Somebody said, man, why was that rally so much different than ours? Well, Shelby County. This is, this is you guys, this is your excited face. 
Let me ask you this question again. Has God changed? No. Praise God. Amen. He's the all-powerful one. Look at Psalm 21. Psalm 21. And look at verse 13. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise thy power. Do you see that? Be thou exalted, Lord, not in some other strength, in your own strength. He is the all-powerful one. Look at Psalm 49. Psalm 49. Now look at verse 15. This, of course, is a messianic psalm, a psalm about the Messiah. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Selah. You know that the grave didn't have power over Jesus Christ? He is all-powerful, all-powerful. Again, look at the verse, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. And folks, here's the deal. How many of you know that if the Lord doesn't return, you're going to die? How many of you know that? Okay, not very many hands. I'm sorry to tell you, you're going to die. Here's the good news. The grave has no power over you. Amen. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Why? So as a result of that, be ye therefore steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That he has conquered the grave. And then that next word, Selah, you know what's coming? The millennial kingdom. Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign on this earth. You know that all this mess is not going to last forever. It might last our lifetime, but it's not going to last forever. Our hope is in God. We need to be encouraged. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Remember the truth about who God is. Look at Psalm 59. He is the all-powerful one. Psalm 59, look at verse 16. But I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Man, we're not, we can't look to the government for our help. We can't look to our political leaders for our help. In the day of trouble, God is our help. And he's the all-powerful one. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Lift your head. Now, let me just ask you a question. Okay? I need you to be interactive with me today. We don't have an evening service because of the Labor Day thing. All right? So, uh, I, I really need you... So, yes, Dace, that's... Sure. Yeah, I messed up on the announcement. There's no evening service tonight. That's kind of, No Memorial Day, no Labor Day. I forgot about that. Okay? By the way... If you want to see something funny as you're leaving church, Wade is on crutches. Okay? And look at Stacy standing next. Wade's crutches come to here on Stacy. <laughs> she'd be like stilts. I wanna I wanna see that. Man, our our, our strength, our power, our deliverance. It comes from God. It comes from God. How many of you know that already? And yet when you're really in the trouble, and someone, like, like I'm pointing out to you right now, that, that God is the all-powerful one, yeah, I know, but. Right? Uh, John Leffler calls that the attack of the comma buts. 
I know, comma, but we just need to rest. We need to rest in God's power, in God's strength. Be honest with me. How many of you have felt a little impotent through this time? Right? You're at a workplace, and the workplace is going to require some things. You don't know what to do, and you're feeling impotent. The election, you watched it all, and all the fraud, and just the nightmare of the whole thing, and you just feel impotent. Can I promise you something? None of it surprised God. God is not impotent. Our God is powerful. Let's look at this verse again in Psalm 59. But I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense a refuge in the day of my trouble. Can I make a suggestion to you? Tomorrow morning when you get up, sing about the power of God. Sing about the power of God. Start your day singing about God's power. That'll help you through your whole day because you're going to need that refuge. You're going to need that strength. Then look at Psalm 62. Psalm 62. Look at verse 11. This is such a great verse. God hath spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. The Bible says the powers that be are ordained of God. There is no power outside of God. That's it. That is our God. The God that we worship is the all-powerful God. He's more powerful than Joe Biden. He's more powerful than Kamala Harris. He's more powerful than than Nancy Pelosi. He's more powerful than Donald Trump. He's more powerful than Jim Jordan. He's more powerful than Josh Mandel. He's more powerful than the United Nations. He's more powerful than all the nations combined. Though all the nations surround us, though the entire world comes against us, there is no power but that that is of God, and he is our God, and the good news is we are his. We are his. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Realize that we are in the majority. I love that account where Elijah is there with his servant, and they're surrounded by thousands and thousands of soldiers. And his servant is all nervous, and he says, uh, uh, paraphrase, don't be afraid. But our army's bigger. Them that be with us are greater than our adversaries. And this guy's looking at him. I don't know what you're looking at, but we're in trouble. And the man of God prays, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see. And God opened the servant's eyes and he saw the mountain surrounded with angels and flaming fire, getting ready to take vengeance on them which know not God. If God chooses to deliver us, he doesn't even need to wave his hand. He just needs to will it to be so. And if he doesn't, it's right. Amen? How many of you trust God today? Be honest. How many of you trust him? He's all-powerful. He's all-powerful. I love that. God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Look at the next verse. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. Now, how many of you are glad that you don't stand before God according to your work? I'm thankful for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So number one, remember the truth about who God is. Then number two, remember the truth about who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Y'all doing okay this morning? Amen. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 35. Remember who you are in Christ. First of all, you are secure. You are secure. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Listen, we're, we're not really up against any of that yet. We live in this strange parenthesis of time where there's been some religious liberty. But the Bible says all that, that uh, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have the verse in my head. Um, all that live righteously shall suffer persecution. All that live righteously shall suffer persecution. We haven't had to suffer that yet. But it's coming. It's coming. The good news is that we are secure. One of my favorite stories, I heard it when I was a little kid. There was a preacher, his name was John R. Rice. And some guy came with a gun and was going to rob him. And he looked at him and said, you can't scare me with heaven. You can't scare me with heaven. I thought of this during the pandemic. How many of you are amazed at how fearful Christians were? It, it's almost like we forgot that we're all going to die eventually. You know, it's like somebody said, um, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. We're, we're going to die. All of us are going to die and if it's today, I get to be with Jesus. How many of you are looking forward to that day? All right, there's going to be Kool-Aid downstairs afterwards. We're going to go in. No, it is in God's hands. We're not going to kill ourselves, right? We're not going to do that. We're going to stand. And when Christ, because the Bible says that, that life and death is in God's hand. And what we're going to do is, regardless of the oppression, we're going to stand. Why? Because we are secure. If my life ends today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to be with the Lord. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The, the Bible says in 1 John 5 and verse 13, But these things have I written to you that believe that you may know that you have eternal life. I'm secure in Him, nothing can separate me from His love. That love doesn't begin when I die. I am in His love right now. I am secure in that love right now. Remember the truth about who you are. You are secure. But not only are we secure, we're also loved. Look at what it says in verse 36. As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that... What are those next two words? Loved us. He loves us. We're loved. Look at that next verse. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers... You know, that's all different levels of spiritual warfare, right? Angels, principalities, powers. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, 
nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember the truth about who you are in Christ. You are secure and you are loved. So, number one, remember the truth about who God is. Remember the truth about who you are in Christ. And then remember the truth about time. The truth about time. Go to the book of James. James chapter 4. Young people, this, this is something that's hard for you to understand because you think of time as a continuum. But the older you get, the faster time goes. I remember when I was in school, it seemed like the school year would never end. It felt like my classes would never end. Those of you who went to college, the, the worst time for a college student is the end of your sophomore year. Because there's still so much left. And it seems like it's never going to end. But I can tell you this. Steve Clayton and I were talking about it. I've been here 24 years now. I can't believe that. And it happened just like that. We need to remember some truth about time. And the first thing is that it's fleeting. James chapter 4, look at verse 14. The Bible says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. Time, it's fleeting. But not only is it fleeting, and, and those of you who have lived any length of time, it is, it's just amazing. Uh, I can't believe Lydia's there with little Silas, and Laura and I were just... When we were in the hospital with her, she's delivering. It seemed like yesterday that she was being delivered. And now she's, she's got her own child and she's an adult. And it's unbelievable. And we're hoping in the next 10 or 15 years, Jacob will be an adult. <laughs> we're praying for that. It goes by so fast. It goes by so fast. And so what we need to do is we need to buy some of that time back. How do we do that? Look at the text. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Ephesians chapter 5. And look at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, circumspectly, circumference, know what's going on around you. Military guys, watch your six. Know what's going on around you. See then that you walk circumspectly, look at this, not as fools, but wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Folks, are the days evil right now? So what are we supposed to do? Understand what's going on around you. Don't bury your head in the sand. Don't run away from the truth. Understand the times, be be wise, know what's going on, walk circumspectly, but redeem the time. What does that mean? Our time to accomplish something is short. You only have a limited amount of time to do what God wants you to do. Time is fleeting, and it may be redeemed 
And we must do that. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The days are evil. Can Just be honest with me right now. How many of you are honestly frustrated with the world right now? And, and it kind of eats at you. Would you raise your hands? Okay, hold them up so everybody can see. Look around you. Hold them up so everybody can testify. You're not alone. You're not alone. Amen? But here's the good news. Listen, you ready? How many of you could, honestly, you could use some good news right now. You ready? You're going to die. What's the worst outcome that can happen? You go see Jesus. Amen? That's the worst possible outcome. Do you know what that means? We win. What can they do to us that's going to rob us of God's power, of God's love for us, and of the future that we have in Christ? What can they do? What happens if you lose your job? What happens? Well, you might die. I kind of doubt it. Now, I don't want to lose my job. Please don't fire me. I don't want to lose my job. But do you know what I would do if I lost my job? Have Laura get one. I don't know what I'd do. I know that God will provide. Amen? Now, I'm not, I'm not being flippant. If you've prepared for a career and you're in that career and that career is in jeopardy, that is a very heavy thing. Amen? But it's going to end. It's all going to end. Time is fleeting and time must be redeemed. What does that mean? That means that, so let's say that our, that our liberty is ultimately taken away from us next year. It could happen. It could happen. Let's say that that happens. What do we need to do? Take advantage of our freedom this year. Redeem that time. Redeem that time. We don't know how much time we have left, so what are we going to do? We're going to work. Next week, we have our fall kickoff. We're announcing what's happening in the church. And I'm just telling you, Grace Baptist Church is not backing down. As a matter of fact, we have plans to take everything, not to the next level, but to about 10 levels higher than where we are. We're not backing down. We're moving ahead. I believe that God has placed us here for such a time as this. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Realize that you are called, that you are empowered, that you have a mission, and that mission does not change based on location. It doesn't change based on economy. It doesn't change based on calendar. It does not change. We have a job. We have a purpose. And you know, Men are not, men do not become heroes in times of ease. Heroism is proven in times of trouble. Amen? And that's where we are. And now is when the loyalty and the resilience and the, the belief of the soldier is proved. Don't be overwhelmed. Be empowered. God put us here for such a time as this. Go, go to, keep your place. I want to make sure I'm done in this text. I think I am. I am. Go with me to Acts chapter 17.
Look at verse 24. Acts chapter 17, verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined, look, the times before appointed... And the bounds of their habitation. God determined when and where you would live. How many of you believe that? Am I making it up or is that what the Bible says right here? God created you. Young people, God had you born. Now and here, God placed you in this time, in this place, For such a time as this. And I don't want this to seem like a rah, rah, rah speech. I'm just telling you, we live in a time where it's easy to become overwhelmed. But God put us here now. And I've got to tell you, I feel like Christians have become very weak. We are easily cast down. We are easily discouraged. We are easily sidetracked. Do you know what the preacher's job is? The preacher's job is to say, wake up! You're here for now! Why are you yelling? Because you were asleep. (laughs) This isn't just a speech. If God created us and put us in time and space... He knew exactly what we were going to go through. And he has empowered us for it. My goodness. Remember time, it's fleeting. And it may be redeemed. Look at Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Phil Clayton preached last night. And this was one of the verses he preached on. Colossians chapter 4. Look at verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. And he pointed something out in that verse that I had never noticed. So everybody have your Bible open to Colossians 4? Look in verse 5. Walk in wisdom. Look at what it says. Away from them that are without. How about that? How many of you know That this world's crazy right now. Do you ever want to run away from it? Maybe us get a little compound somewhere. Maybe start a monastery and build walls around it and not let anybody in. No. No, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to charge the gates of hell with a squirt gun. We're, We're supposed to walk in wisdom Toward them. Toward them. That's our job. That's our job. So, what are we going to do? We're going to remember the truth about God. He's the all-powerful one. We're going to remember the truth about who you are in Christ. You're secure. You're loved. Remember the truth about time. It's fleeting and it may be redeemed. And remember the truth about prayer. Look at Psalm 61. The truth about prayer. 
verse 1. Psalm 61 and verse 1. Hear my prayer, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. Look at this. When my heart is what? Overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Any of you have that song in your head? Oh, lead me. Lord, lead me. Right? Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Selah. We are praying to one who is a rock. He never changes. He's timeless. He cannot be moved by circumstances. We're praying to the one who's a rock, and he is higher. He's higher than my problem. He's higher than my ability to discern. He's higher than my confusion. He's higher than my schedule. And then he will lead me to himself. When I'm lost, he knows the way. When I'm scared, he holds me in his all-powerful hand. But not only that, he has already sheltered me. Look at verse 3. For thou hast been a shelter for me. He's a a safe shelter. He's a comforting shelter. And he's an eternal shelter. So we need to remember the truth about God. He is all-powerful. We need to remember the truth about who we are. We're secure. We're loved. We need to remember the truth about time. It's fleeting and it may be redeemed. We need to remember the truth about prayer. We're praying to the rock, and he's higher than us. He leads us to himself, and he's already sheltered us. And then number five, we need to remember the truth about his return. Look at our passage again here in Psalm 61, verse 4. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. He's coming back. He is coming back. And we we pray, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. It could be today, but if it's not today, he's placed us in this place, in this time, for such a time as this. And we need to remember that he's coming back. And with all the injustice that we see in the world, in the courts, and in all of these places, the injustice that we see, he's coming back and there's going to be justice. And we're going to rule and reign with him. We are on his side, folks. I love the old preacher statement. I've read the back of the book and we win. Amen? Let's all stand together. I want you to say this with me on three. We win. You ready? One, two, three. Man, that was good. So the rest of you are lame. Let's try this again. One, two, three. Amen. Praise God. We win. But listen, listen, don't unplug. Just because you stood up doesn't mean the preacher's done. Listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, nothing that I said is true about you. Your future is only miserable. If you're in trouble now and you're not born again and you die, this is the best day you'll ever have. Because that eternal punishment in a Christless hell is forever. It never ends. All of our trouble right now, it's going to end. Eternal punishment does not end. That's why it's called eternal punishment. Any of you born again, you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? We win. If you don't know Jesus Christ is your Savior, 
let today be the day of your salvation. Ask him to save you today. And if you want help to do that, we'll take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior. I hope that you've done that. If you haven't, please, please trust Christ as your Savior. How many of you would say, Pastor, I have been a little discouraged? Would you raise your hands? I have been. Put that away. Put it away. You're still going to have adversity. Changing your attitude and your spirit doesn't change the adversity. It changes the way the adversity changes you. Amen? We win, folks. We win. Can we live like winners and not like losers? We do. We win. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. We don't deserve anything that you've done for us.